Hello, my friends. Today, Joel is talking to Lacey, former relationship manager at Service Rocket, and they discuss how she helped bridge the gap between Service Rocket and businesses they partner with, how effective communication helps her continue these partnerships, and how to identify whether a problem is software-based or human-based. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. is the Modern CTO Podcast. What do you got? What did you find in your research? So it, it actually was more to do with... I spent, I spent about a year and a half rolling out software at companies from, you know, zero, zero employees, you know, like eight employees up through in the tens of thousands. Ooh. And some some pretty big pretty pretty big names, and I thought about like what were the frustrating conversations I had with people in decision making roles that I wish I could have impacted more, so that when I was having the hard conversation with them, I could have been like, you know, if you'd done X, Y, and Z homework before, you wouldn't be in this position. So it's not exactly like the biggest sexiest thing, but I really was putting a lot of thought into compliance and what it means to set yourself up with software and tooling that's going to grow with you effectively and sort of the the infrastructure that you need to to build to be ready to grow from eight developers and a you know ten user license of an Atlassian tool to eight thousand <laughs> What were some of the hard conversations the biggest play the trade-off is between is between autonomy and visibility mm-hmm. so the trade-off is if you let things grow naturally and let everyone who wants to set things up the way they want it, you'll have lots of siloed teams working in different manners, you know, in yeah. different, different little tribes, yeah. little tribes, which is great. You get these cultural satisfaction. Each team works the way it wants to. But then when you have a new CTO come in or CIO or somebody wants to answer the question, what are we working on globally as a company? Yeah. There's no, no no consistent way to answer that question, right? You sure maybe it's all in Jira, but you know one team is working on it this way, another team is working on it that way. Some other team is in Bugzilla, another different team is you know just using Trello. So there's no consistent global way to get information, essentially reporting. So that's that's the first thing I was thinking about. The other hard conversation is around compliance. That a that's lot big of, in the fintech space too, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, the other major thing I thought about was how startups, because a lot of times when I'm talking to customers in pre-sales calls, I ask the question, like, what regulations, what do you need to be compliant to? Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm by no means a SOX expert or an anything expert. But what I am an expert in is understanding what your requirement is and translating that to a software tool that's going to meet those requirements. Right. Yes. So as long as you know the requirement, I can help you meet it. But the biggest problem that I've run into is small companies that don't know what compliance they're going to need to meet when they're a big company. Ooh. So, so that's tough. But there are some key things you can do in your software to make sure that, that, are, that are little finicky things like having uh, governance around when you delete pieces of information. So that you can at least say, like, we deleted this information at this time for this reason. Not just like, I don't know, it's gone. 
<laughs> we were trying to be like GDPR compliant and we just deleted it. Was, it was gone. No, no right. record. No right. So that those those were the major things that I kind of wanted to impart. <laughs> <laughs> so the product, first of all, have you come across this one yet? Oh my gosh. Okay. I think you're like the fourth person in Ooh. probably a month to tell me to read this book. So I, sh- I did not say read it. I just asked if you came across it. Came across it. Uh, no, I'm saying you should you should read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Follow up statement. Also, follow up statement. Um, <laughs> I'm not an engineer by trade. I swear. As <laughs> so you hear my wife, I'll ask her a question. She'll respond to something else. I'm like, that's not the answer to the question. Right? Like, yeah, but I saw farther into the future, and I got to where you're going. I'm like, you imagined insanity. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> but you didn't ask what I. <laughs> you didn't respond to what I asked. Yeah, still the question remains. Oh my gosh. Okay. So yes, uh, I have come across that book. No, I have not yet read it. Seeing into the future. Yes, I would like to read it. And I am yes. familiar with some of the major concepts. But yeah. I have some me. tips. I have some tips for you. Okay. Step one, audible. Oh, yes. I recently, recently did that and it has changed my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Step two, just the first 30 pages is like, there's, I think... I'm going to take a new position. There's too much value in books. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, my. On. I can only change one thing about who I am at a time. <laughs> that's that's the biggest thing. There's like 20 lessons in every book, and you'll forget 80% of it within a week. And the things you remember are the things that you actually go and try. Mm-hmm. Like you read pay, the first 10 pages. You're like, "There's 10 brilliant management tactics. Now I have to go try them." Right. There's, yeah. This is a, this will take me two decades to get through. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Only change, right? Only change one variable at a time or you don't know what the impact is. Hashtag science. <laughs> but I, uh, I'm reading, I just finished reading um, Vivid Vision by Cameron Harold. Ooh. I don't know if it's something you've come across before. I just I did with my new friend, Lacey. Right. I was going to say, here it is. It's on uh, Audible. <laughs> yeah, she explicitly <laughs> recommended it to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> By showing you my Audible. <laughs> I started, just so you know, look what I've done. I have okay. recently, I got frustrated. So I started okay. going out and buying every Real book books. that I have read on Audible. So yes, wow. I'm paying twice for them. But the thing is, here's the deal. Here's yes. the benefit. There is more, it's not a waste of money. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Okay. When I see them around yes. the office, it reminds like, you. Like, boom. Yeah. Like, I start, I think, oh, I can think like Peter Thiel. Just start going back through his Peter to one. I'm like, like, what the value of seeing an object and being able to think like a billionaire? Come on. Okay. So like, I, I, I totally buy into that. I right? do miss, I do miss having real books. I'm definitely like, even as, as funny as it is, like, here we are with some more orange in my life. But yes. right, here's my, this is my brain. This is my notebook. It's a brain. Okay. Uh, and I love pen to paper. I do. And so I love real books for that reason too. And I subscribe to <laughs> bullet journaling, which is, I don't know what? if you heard about this. No. Oh, oh, wow. We're super nerding out. This, okay. For all y'all, all y'all engineers out there, bullet journaling is this amazing answer to how to have basically a, a, a process, a methodology to your random thoughts. So this is my bullet journal. And okay. it has, it says Tuesday, May 22nd, uh, invoices, tickets. Ooh, yeah. 
and then some ticket numbers and things I need. Earmuffs. I yeah. know. Careful. Um, <laughs> here's my here's my expense report. This might not be methodology, but there's a Safeway receipt as well. There you go. Um, but in the in the it, I have an index to my personal notebook, and okay. I literally on page forty three I have podcast and book ideas. So in real time here, I'm going to update page forty three, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you now that you're the third person that's uh, told me to read Radical Candor. Which oh, is, okay. Then I'll, I'll put another pen mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you gonna use a patch request or <laughs> update? Like, <laughs> what, what, what's the HTTP verb you're gonna use? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm joking. I'm not going there. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, we said some good ideas on there. Anyway, so read Radical Candor. It's in there. Um, yes. Vivid Visions is all about. Or vivid Vision is all about sort of seeing the future for your company. For um, so for dreaming up um, sort of what. What's the vivid vision? What's the plan for the parts of the business that I can have a direct impact on? Um, and so right now that has to do with kind of how our services team grows. So that's the team that has all these conversations with all these different businesses. How can we grow effectively? How do we build um, services, productized services that needs without every conversation? Right, Every conversation right now is a like, how do we meet this person's need in the way they need? Yeah. Right. It, it's you very, want to bring it's, value to people. Right. But it's these very snowflake one-off, right? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't we have enough experience at this point to suck, to put our arms around all the things we do and say, here are like pieces of work that we've done and develop a methodology to identify what a customer needs or what growth stage they're at. You know, what are the needs of a company that's at 10 users or 20 users or 100 users? Versus the needs of a company at ten thousand. What exactly do you do? <laughs> so, what is service like? What is Service Rocket? And I know you have multiple lines of business, right? But where do you sit? How how long have you been with the company? Like, give me a little bit of that. These are all fascinating questions. Okay, so the short answer is we're we we have three lines of business. We're about two hundred and fifty people globally across Palo Alto, so U.S. Santiago, Chile. Sydney, Australia, and Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And if you talk to anyone else, they'll tell you we have five offices globally because we do have someone in Singapore. One, one. It's a one. It's a one-man office in Singapore. It's kind Got of it. like if I moved to Boulder, we'd have also office in Boulder. Right. Um, <laughs> but so four four major offices globally, and we are a platinum Atlassian solution partner. So Atlassian's big, big software company growing like crazy, Bitbucket, um, Jira, Jira Service Desk, Trello, they just acquired about a year, a year ago. So that's a big one. And But they don't do any of their own professional services. So Service Rocket, if you need your Jira upgraded or you want to roll out the best ever um, service desk solution for your external or interner- internal customers and you go to Atlassian and and you say, give me service desk. They're like, here are your licenses. And you're like, tell me how to do it. And they're like, here's a partner. Ooh. So similar, similar. it's that, that kind of ecosystem, right? And we are one of the people in the ecosystem delivering awesome solutions. Oh, that's excellent. So they're really smart by focusing on what they do very well. So yeah, Atlassian produces incredible products. They spend mm-hmm. something like 40% of their budget on R&D, which is crazy 20 percent on going into nature 20 percent on going right <laughs> <laughs> so i love the human stuff part of of 
software and of tech. And that's actually like, if I had to sort of sum up what I do for Service Rocket, I'm at this weird inflection point between a lot of technical teams and, and customers and partners. And I speak the technical language, right? I'm certified JIRA administrator, certified JIRA service desk administrator. I helped write the service desk exam. I have a degree in math, like got the tech brain. I can I can code in Python, but like, yay, <laughs> yay! But but like where I my brain gets that, and without that, I feel starved for details. I um I love the communicating part of it as well, the pulling pulling people together. So one of the things, um, my official title is relationship manager. We needed somebody. We have seven lines of business with Atlassian including mm-hmm. professional services and training and licensing and building apps and, 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 But we didn't have any single person who sort of knew what was going on on our side and knew all the people on their side um, and could build that into a structure to mm-hmm. facilitate excellent communication and uh, you know identify the different variables that affect the quality of the relationship and impact change. And so basically, I came in. They said, we think we're having a problem. Can you debug this relationship? And I said, Ooh, "That's yes. the name of a book, right there." Right. <laughs> the relationship. Yeah. Yep. So I took on basically. I mean, it's not exactly glamorous, but what I did was just start listening to people. Everyone I could find on our side and on their side, I started saying, "Hey, can you tell me? Tell me what things have been like." We've been, you know, this is a fifteen-year relationship. Atlassian's been around since like, two thousand something like that. Yeah. We've been incorporated. We started in Australia, same as them in 2001. We've been in a relationship with them since 2003. Our CEO, Rob, wrote the first training and delivered it on Jira. You're like the the corporate <laughs> ma- marriage counselor. Right. Well, yeah, it does, <laughs> it does feel like that sometimes. It, but like we're, we're partner OG, right? Yeah. And um, partner zero. And um, that's all well and good. But like, you can't just say... Ta-da, everything's perfect. This is a, a, in a, a relationship is an organic thing. And when there's people involved, there's feelings involved. Even if there's cool software and great solutions, like you still got to nurture that and facilitate a good relationship. And uh, right. Until Boston Dynamics makes those robots walk and then we're just useless. <laughs> right. Precisely. Precisely. Until the end, at which point you will only find me in Tahoe on... Uh, hammock reading good books yeah um, or i don't know being served by robots right being served by robots exactly yeah. i'll become one with the hammock but until then we have to you have to treat a relationship like it's something you have to grow it's you know it's a tool that needs to be upgraded too and uh we, we kind of fell behind on that so they brought me in to you know assess the problems and make it better <laughs> yeah well any system needs energy to operate so, right. right. That's like a fundamental part of this universe. And whether that system's a computer, right. Taking power out of the wall or whether right. that system's a relationship and you're putting time into it. And by the way, like your time is definitely energy because you consume energy and then you expend energy through movement and interaction. So oh, I love the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Your time is energy. It's not just money. It's energy too. Exactly. So but I, I landed myself in that role, right? Debugging a relationship because I, because of the way I work with teams and technical teams. So if you brought me in to say, okay, we have this team of 10 developers. You know, we need to assess our business processes. We want to use these new tools, but something's not right. Mm-hmm. I treat everything like a, we're going to, we're, 
we need to assess the problem, right? Identify viable solutions. But I do a lot of work to make sure, did a lot of work to make sure that you're not over-engineering the tools to compensate for people problems, right? Training opportunities, right? We're not gonna overcompensate, we're not gonna over-engineer a tool because so and so and you know, Jim and Bob don't want to work together, right? Or don't want right. to talk to each other. So I approached a lot of my software challenges by getting people together and getting them to talk to each other and coming up with much simpler, more sustainable, more scalable solutions for teams in the software um, because they say, okay, well, how are we working today? It doesn't have to be like that tomorrow. What if we did things differently? I was on a call earlier today and there, have you come across Ray Dalio's principles yet? Oh my gosh. It's like you work here. That's the other yeah. book that everyone's okay. talking about internally. I'll yeah. add it to page 43 though. Hang on. Excellent. And then just put a note below that. Hire Joel. Hire Joel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Tell me, tell me what did you get out of it? Oh, too much. But <laughs> what'd you get out of the first 30 pages? So the, out of the whole book, stepping back, the mm -hmm. thing that really stood out to me and that the conversation was based around today was they provide this ridiculous amount of feedback to people. They've built these custom internal systems where it's like, we're having a conversation right now and I can be looking at my phone and be giving you feedback about how this conversation is going right now, which mm -hmm. a lot of people dislike and then a lot of people do like. Mm -hmm. but, <laughs> so we were, having, we, were sort of, we were having that conversation today about real-time feedback and measuring people and productivity. And there's always like a resistance to, you know, measuring your growth, like measuring your growth as a leader, measuring your growth in productivity, like the different ways to do that. And I was just curious about Service Rocket, how they did that or different ways that they've tried, experiences that they've had with that. You catch us at an interesting point because we, we grew and grew and grew and we grew organically. We have our biggest team is our engineering team and support team in Kuala Lumpur. And um, we, like I said, we're three lines of business for a 250 person company. That's a lot of con it, it for, for people that don't live within one line of business. That's a lot of context switching. So we started basically taking our, our leadership and having them split into focused groups within that line of business. So instead of having VPs matrixed across all the lines of business, right? So that so they're looking at services globally instead of services within our Atlassian line of business or services within our, our learning management platform. Right. Mm -hmm. They're focused. So we have somebody who's in charge of each line of business and we're calling them um, general managers. And that is effectively giving people the opportunity to treat each one like its own business so that you can evaluate what is our growth? What is, what is our growth potential for this line? What, um, what, and the, the, what I wrote down was resistance to managing growth because it's really hard to have a conversation about whether your company is growing when you're not sure sort of which area is growing or not growing. Right. Yeah, that's the that's the one of the complications of having your multi-line business. And then having your leadership spread across all of it. The context switching is ridiculously inefficient. Right. So I think it's really smart. I mean, when you say focus, like you're selling me. Right. If I'm on, if I'm right. on your C level, I'm like, <laughs> she's using that focus word. word. And it word. sounds like we're unfocused and her plan sounds better. <laughs> 
uh, I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna raise my hand for that one. You know, right? Um, so it's funny. We actually we joked. Me, this is this is too. <laughs> it's too public, but I'll tell you any. We have this joke that focus is an is the F word here because so oh, yeah. many people like you know we're um, you know doing this thing and then tomorrow I do the next thing or worse like this hour I focus on this the next hour I focus on this other thing that's completely different. Um, <laughs> it's so, okay it, if they're closely related, but right. when they're vastly different and you're moving to different neural synapse areas, mm-hmm. like you you really have to stay in the same area. Right, exactly. Yeah. So um, we refer to them as different colors. And um, our awesome C- chief people officer, uh, he came on this year and he started talking about it like wearing different colored t-shirts. Okay. And the idea is that like if you have to change your t-shirt multiple times a day, yeah. you are not going to be an effective employee, right? Correct. So they've done a ton of work to basically make it so everyone gets their colored t-shirts. And thank yeah. you for making it a t-shirt instead of a hat because that's way too easy to take off. Right, right. Well, yeah. I am, well I'll have to ask him where the t-shirt thing came from. Right. But So <laughs> actually, so what's fascinating is thinking about diversity, we are extremely diverse. We move people all over the globe. Um, I, maybe I'm not the best representative <laughs> of that. But um, you know, we have... Uh, so... Rob, our CEO, grew uh, this couple that worked in the Malaysian office. Um, and he used them as planters, as the seeds for the um, Santiago office. Uh-huh. And, um, they've, they worked in support and then they worked in services. And now of uh, the couple, she's managing the consulting team there. And uh, he leads our UX customer experience team for our website there now. Uh, nice. And I was down in the Santiago office and uh, in March, and it was so cool to witness. Like, Service Rocket really has this culture of um, taking care of each other, and like we're a big family, which is pretty impressive given that we have four, five ish offices. Um, and to go down there and to have the same like warm familial reception, like oh my gosh. You're so much bigger in person, right? Like, or in this case, uh, with her, she's I'm um, I'm five nine, fairly tall for a gal, and she's about four nine, so yeah. <laughs> fairly small for a gal. I'm like, oh, you're exactly the same size as you are online. Just kidding. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm, I'm typ- I typically get that I'm a little taller in person than people expect. Yeah, oh. yeah, just a little bit. Although I will tell you a funny story. So one, I have a my attorney friend is I did a project with him about seven years ago. And he is ridiculously tall. I think he's six, seven, six, eight. That's really tall. Right. So I'm standing next to him and his now wife, who's a pro volleyball player and she's the same height as him. Oh my gosh. And so <laughs> blonde, tall pro volleyball player. And then him, um, uh-huh. and then, so it's a picture of the three of us and, and you're, we're, you're the we're small guy. <laughs> so I'm the, I'm the small guy. And so it's like, it's all like, you know, above the, above the waist, like photo, right? right? So there's really no way to tell. So then I post it online and I get this one individual, I'm going to leave, leave him nameless here. Uh, (laughs) But on LinkedIn, the individual is like, all of a sudden it's a potential customer for the software that we had. Mm -hmm. And very interested going to be at a conference that we're both going to be at in like three weeks is like, all my best friend hitting me up like out of nowhere. And I'm like, Oh cool. This is like really, really neat. And I just happened to notice that he was very short. 
And and so I didn't think of anything of it. I was just like, you know, in the pictures, you look kind of short. So I met him in person and I'm like towering above him. And then and then Matt walks in. And, and he's, he's like towering above you. He's towering above him. The dude never spoke to me again. He was just like trying to be my friend because he thought I was short with like him. That's, oh, hashtag taco taco. Wow, that's so weird. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know, I know. And like, he was a cool guy too. Like I read some of his writing, like I looked him up. He's pretty popular in the in the space we were in. And I was just like, I just want, I, I thought it was cool, but he was, he was wanting to do business and you know, wanting to be friendly with me because he thought that I shared that, you know. <laughs> particular but you know trait in life oh my gosh okay what a prime example of like just the fact that people are still part of business including the software business right people and how they feel about themselves and you are make a massive difference on whether you do the deal or not right i know i i organize you know my (laughs) i'm gonna stop this conversation yeah Yep. There, table, there's let's my table, let's table this discussion for now. There's my, yeah, there we go. There's my my bit of leadership for the day. <laughs> Called Run and Hide by Joel Beasley. <laughs> let's table that discussion for now. Yeah, let's table it. We'll 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 co-author a book together called Table It. <laughs> think, think topics not appropriate for a podcast. <laughs> yeah. How to t- table.it, how to back out of any situation. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh man. So, okay. Just to round out like what we were talking about in the people space before. So I worked in software and now I manage this relationship mm-hmm. and, and I, I have this, I'll share with you sort of the thing that I learned most recently, which maybe it was naive, but it's something I hope everyone learns at some point if they haven't learned it already, which is um, I learned about myself early on. I'm really good at problem solving. I yes. like solving problems. Cool. Okay, I like solving technical problems, and we'll say we'll leave we'll leave specificity out of technical because lots of things can be challenging and technical in, in nature. I like solving te- technical, <laughs> technically correct, the best kind. Um, and then I, and then I sort of had this growth period where I was like, oh, there are lots of different kinds of solutions, right? Software yeah. isn't always the solution. Training people isn't always the solution. Like, there are lots of different ways you can can construct viable solutions. And um, the thing that really hit me in the face um, in, in this in this role is that um, I figured out how to debug the relationship. I figured out some key things we could do to try to improve to that would improve the relationship. Fantastic technical problem, viable solutions. Let's pick one. I never stopped to say, "Am I the right person to 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 execute these solutions?" Right? Oh yeah. And, and so and that's pretty arrogant for lack of a better description no, it's our default when we think of thoughts we automatically place ourselves like it's our default we have to learn right. otherwise yeah yeah and so this was a great learning experience that there are some things that like just because i have two hands and a brain and i'm technically capable of doing certain tasks that doesn't isn't necessarily using my abilities to the fullest right and it doesn't necessarily right. make me a a happy functional employee and right. So, um, so there were some aspects of the, the job that I ended up deciding, you know what, we need to find somebody who this is in their zone of genius, because this is yeah. not in my zone of genius. Well, you know, it kind of reminds me of when a hurricane came a mm-hmm. few months ago, I had to prepare and we had just moved into the house. The first mm-hmm. week we moved in the house and there was some overgrowth of some 
bush that prevented me from going into the backyard easily and then oh turn the shutters up. <laughs> right. And it was like hurricane countdown and the craziness with the gas and everything. Like we live in Florida, right? So this mm-hmm. happens. Um, your stuff shakes over there, but like our <laughs> sure does. It catches fire too. Yeah, it shakes and catches fire. <laughs> yeah, our stuff flood. We drowned, and <laughs> and then and we the news yells at us. But, <laughs> and we have we have names for them too. You guys don't have names for yours, but uh, uh, <laughs> sometimes we name the fires. But do you guys name the fires if they're big enough? If they're big if enough, they don't have cute like they don't have people names. They have like oh, people the names. Sorrento Valley Fire. Uh they have location names. Yeah, because it wouldn't make sense in Florida. It would be like the Florida hurricane, <laughs> like, like the whole state. Yeah, the whole state. Yeah. So, so because I I didn't have any tools in the garage or anything like that, so I went and grabbed my Paula Dean bread knife. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Paula Dean. Thanks, Paula uh, Dean. It's this, you know, a bread knife is like the really rigid, yeah. looks like a saw almost. It's, ser- it's like, serrated, so you yes. you're sawing off chunks of foliage. Paula Dean makes a hell of a knife. <laughs> I chopped out a whole bush. I was so excited at work. I like took way too much off. Wow. <laughs> I seriously, I did. I just, <laughs> it was sad. Like I got a branch. I got, I got another branch. I was like, oh, this is pretty clear. You know? right. And then I was like, that, that, that could use some touching up before I knew it. Like I had a whole garden, like shaped like you're, Disney characters. Right. And- <laughs> <laughs> you're either down to a number. It's shaped like a unicorn. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So what a, pro- a perfect example of like, maybe if you had called someone in to, uh, you know, who had the proper tools, you know, in this case, hey, it worked out well, right? Well, I mean, you to out- your point, it was, <laughs> it technically worked. <laughs> right. Right. But, but it wasn't somebody- the best tool for the job. Right. Yeah. Or even necessarily not that you aren't an amazing, um, you know, hedge trimmer, but like maybe right. there's somebody who knows more about plants, who knows more about how they could have done that in a way that wasn't going to damage the plant. The, actually, when I sort of when I hit that slap between the face, I can't remember what I, where I was, but I do remember waking up one morning and thinking, you know what? If somebody asked me to come in and to to a manufacturing plant, right? And let's say uh, Kanban style, Kanban style, I'm like, okay, I've looked at your whole process, I've talked to all the people, and I've discovered that this machine is the problem. I wouldn't then say, so we're going to get rid of it and I'm going to do its job. Right? Right. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, oh, wait, no, we just, part of the solution is identifying who the right person is or what the right tool is. Part of the solution is figuring out what the execution should look like. And that was huge because it also made me feel a lot better about the fact that I had tackled a lot of the, the, the solutions um, around what I, what I thought would improve the relationship. And I was really miserable because it, it, it just to put a name on it, like I, I never thought of myself as somebody who... I'm good when you put a microphone in my hand. We'll put it that way. I can talk. I can get people excited. I can facilitate a conversation. Yeah. yeah. But I am really bad at writing emails that come out with that same level. I'm like, dear sir or madam, like... Right, I'm like, content production is not my jam. It's not, and and I literally avoided it at all costs. And basically, one of the things I realized that we needed to do better was produce great content, like produce better content, get people more engaged. And so I thought, okay, I can do that. But I didn't stop to think, like, am I good at that? Could I get good at that? Probably. Do I want to get good at that? Different question. Yeah. The answer. <laughs> Um, right. 
And, and so, and then the best use of my time. Is it right? Is it the best use of my time? Could I be more effective? Could I drive more revenue? Could I make a better and bigger impact on business? If you put me somewhere else, you hire someone else. This is, this is in their zone of genius, right? Yes. So I sort of stepped back and went, okay, let's put me in a role. Let's get me, let's get me doing things that I excel at that are going to make a difference. Let's get somebody who knows what they're doing and is excited about this, make a difference to it. Um, so we're in that transition period right now. Um, I work with an awesome team in Santiago office that's taken a lot more of the operational, like how do we do marketing automation? How do we have, how do we have a relationship with somebody that feels natural, natural and organic, but is all programmed? (laughs) Yep. That's, uh, that's the goal. So your first technology memory. Mm Mm-hmm. Ask Jeeves. I want to hear about it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I had forgotten about this. I'm so glad you uh, you brought it up. Yeah, I remember it was probably 1996 or 1997, and which would have made me very small. Um, and I remember sitting down. I forget what the question was, but my mom typed the full sentence complete with capital spaces and punctuation. Yeah. And I just looked at her and was like, that is not how you do it. And I explained, we use pluses and we use keywords. And you don't have to say what is, you just type it. You just type the thing you want. And maybe you use the word how, but yeah. So 1997, schooling my mom and pre, pre-Google days, how you do search queries on the interwebs. <laughs> do you remember when you would like scoff at people for still using MapQuest? Like, pff, yes. you haven't figured out Google Maps yet? Yeah. Come on. Oh. Yeah. yeah. They print a- out the directions when like their phones can do them. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's right about the time. Oh, this is really, this will make it super clear how old I am. But this was, this, uh, that happened like right around the time I was getting my driver's license. Yeah. Um, and so I would print out things, right? Because oh, smartphones yeah. weren't quite a thing yet. And so I spent, I had, a, I had a very strong reputation for being lost in high school. Actually, I still have that reputation. Despite it's having okay. a smartphone and nav in my car that tells me turn left and I just turn right anyway because I felt like it. It's okay. <laughs> I'm with you. I do a lot of things. Um, a lot of it right now is just keeping balls in the air that I sort of said, let's put that ball in the air and I kind of popped it up there and now other people are responsible for it and I just kind of like go, like, oh, it's still in the air. Great. Yeah. Here's um, a book on how to catch. Here's a book, <laughs> basically. Um, and, and so figuring out what you know, great. I did. I solved this part of the problem. I really, I'm, I'm a, I think I'm a builder and a problem solver. And that's something else I sort of learned about myself is that once I get to that point where a job becomes operational, I kind of want to tackle the next problem. Oh yeah, me too. I'm not as in love with the, the optimization of something that's already working. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I figure out the problems in a process, automate it. And then I'm like, that thing should run forever, but it won't. So I need a manager. <laughs> right. And you, 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 you yeah. come here, come here. Yeah. <laughs> watch this and make sure it doesn't break. Right. Like all day, like oh. just for the rest of your life. <laughs> make sure that doesn't break. Um, yeah. So I, I think I'm very much at that point. Um, it, what that means is that I'm sort of dipping my feet into the other things we're doing here. Um, I do help a lot with pre-sales and automating working with them on autom- what, what we can automate, right? What exists in the world that we can automate? What can we streamline? What can we standardize? Um, yeah. Ooh, those and, are better words. 
Yeah. Well, people process standardize is better than automate when you're talking about people, right? Right. Um, How do we standardize the experience in our outreach? (laughs) Could it be by automating? Yeah. No, no, no. (laughs) Personalization, though. Dear sir or madam. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) doll. So, yeah. So, to answer your question, I wear a lot of different hats at Service Rocket. And, uh, you know. Only one t-shirt. Only one t-shirt. It's blue for Atlassian. It's always in blue. I've always worked with Atlassian stuff since I started here. So it's hey, never- look, we have a blue wall. You do have a blue wall. I have a blue wall yeah. behind me too. Yes. Um, hashtag branding. Well, I, get, I got a lot of grief because I don't use a blue microphone cover, uh-huh. which is actually true. Like that was something that multiple people internally were like, why don't you use a blue microphone cover? And I was like, get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I like orange better. That is amazing. So any last bits that we want to get in about Service Rocket or... I mean, we covered so much. We have plenty of content. <laughs> I think you learned more show. about me than anything else. But. People care about... You're a people person. You yeah. care about the person first and what they do second. Yeah. yeah. Um, we love solving problems. I mean, I think we, we're in the business of software adoption. So if you've got a, if you've got a technical problem and you, know, you think that applying process to it might help, your people. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.